The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, major professional events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, uh, greetings uh, one and all and uh, salutations uh, to uh, to all out there uh, tuning in to this latest edition of the TWBC Podcast. I am the aforementioned uh, Tony Lightfoot and uh, glad to have you on board. Especially glad that you're uh, going to get to hear uh, from from one of a dying breed of skiers, it would uh, it would seem. The American overall skier. Uh, while uh, while there are, while there have been while there are some uh, some competitors around the world that continue to plow their trade in the overall competition, the likes of Joel Poland and Dorian Llewellyn spring to mind, the United States playing a little bit catch up these days. Uh, but uh, one of their best skiers in that in that field of expertise in tournament water skiing, we get to talk to uh, right now. Uh, 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 say hello to uh, to Blaze Grubbs. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, Tony. Thanks for having me. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad at all. So, uh, so off season uh, for you right now? Uh, 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 you, you're kicking your feet up a little bit, or are you hard at work uh, doing uh, doing training stuff uh, for the season to come ahead? Yeah, I just got off the water. Actually, it's obviously a little bit colder, but been having some nice days. So we're trying to ski a lot and uh, playing a lot of basketball now, actually, as well. Okay, that's obviously very, very good uh, for the cardiovascular and everything. Because I mean. I, I know of I know of some skiers back in the day that uh, Freddy Krueger and Ben Favre and all of those skiers you know used to used to go one on one on the basketball court at Bennett's. But uh, oh yeah. Anyway, but I mean, you can imagine how competitive that is. But I mean, who do you have to compete with uh, in in terms of uh, of of doing your your uh, quote unquote basketball training for the season to come? Yeah, so I, I'm playing for my school, but um, yeah, it's it's pretty competitive it's cool to see both sides you know you water ski and then you go to play basketball it's a very team sport so usually it's just by myself um at home but then obviously we have the games with the school so it's, it's a lot of fun games and school okay that would suggest that you're still in high school uh you, are you a senior yeah senior year senior year at high school and where's your high school uh it's in carmichael california so like 15 minutes from our lake here Okie dokie. So, uh, so, and, and I mean, do, does your high school know uh, what kind of athletic talent they have in their hands, uh, courtesy of you on the, on a world championship basis? Uh, I don't know if they like fully understand water skiing. They know I do it. They, they ask me how my race is a lot. Um, so it's kind of <laughs> funny to hear that, but, uh, they definitely do know I ski and they always wonder why I'm gone from school so much. <laughs> All right, let's take it back a little bit because uh, this is the first time that a lot of people have actually ever heard of 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 Blaze Grubs. I mean, they're probably they they've seen the they've seen the tournament results, they've watched the webcast and everything, but they've yet to get uh, an opportunity to actually hear you uh, hear you talking about your experiences and stuff. So, 
first things first, how did you ever get into this sport of tournament water skiing? I mean, what kind of guided you uh, in, that, in that field of sports? Yeah, so I was definitely born into the sport. We grew up in uh, Corvallis, Oregon, which is like two hours south of Portland. Um, my grandfather was a skier. My great-grandfather was a skier. So, you know, I've always just been around the sport. Uh, we skied at a lake called Sabrina Lake. That's where I um, got up on my first ski. Um, very cold there, you know, in the winter. So we definitely didn't take it as seriously. Uh, but we skied a lot there. And then when I was around eight years old, we moved down south to Sacramento area, found a home at Belle Aqua, um, and we've been skiing there ever since. Excellent stuff. And uh, you continue to ski there and uh, we'll get into a little bit of uh, some other stuff that you do at uh, at, at Bell Aqua. And uh, you train at a lot of other places as well, I noticed. Uh, I think I think you have a place over in Santa Rosa Beach. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, last year we purchased a house there on Lake Two and it's incredible. Adam and Corey, they're, they're the greatest Picos family. And um, yeah, the, the lakes are just awesome to ski at. All right then. So uh, obviously, obviously you got up on got up on skis, got up on the ski, and what have you. And uh, your parents uh, co- coached you up to a certain point. But then at that certain point, uh, they got to got to uh, relinquish the reins a little bit and hand you off to, uh, to to someone who would probably take you the rest of the way. So far as coaching is concerned, who who was who was in charge of that and who who did you aspire to be or continue to aspire to be uh going forwards from that point yeah i grew up always watching you know like the big skiers um terry winter has probably been like my role model since day one of course besides my dad my dad's been there every step of the way as well as my grandpa and mom but yeah terry winter i would he taught me truly how to ski i remember being like a baby sitting not don't, i don't remember being a baby but like as a little kid um, in the boat, watching him ski, just absolutely rip 41 off. And I'm like, wow, I, I want to be like that someday. So yeah, uh, Terry Winter, my dad, and then um, a lot of other coaches have definitely helped me get here. Absolutely. I see. I do actually see, thinking about it, I mean, Terry Winter's slam style and yours, I mean, uh, al- almost almost nothing to uh, to differentiate between you two so far as your technique on the water and how you, and how you keep the uh, the elbow your elbow close close to your body as you go in go into your edge change that kind of thing you know so uh thank you um, <laughs> I appreciate that i, I want to be like him so <laughs> oh absolutely Good but i mean hear. but and and i mean certainly it's certainly a skier to uh to aspire to be because not a lot of people uh notice with terry winter but he's a he's a halfway decent jumper as well and i mean i i don't think i've ever seen him trick if we're being honest but yeah he's, he's a good he's, tricker too yeah uh, <laughs> i've seen he, him bust he, out the trick ski do some flips i'm like whoa where did this come from there you go there's some natural talent all over there so far as uh terry winter is concerned so uh when did you ski your first nationals by the way ah first nationals that was probably i know it was in okahili i think it was 2013 that sounds right yeah because that sounds like just almost almost yesterday to like a guy like me you know i mean this is right. 20, 2022 and in, and anytime anyone says that that their first nationals or something like that is like uh in uh beyond the year 2000 it said oh, oh that, that that's just that, that's just still too young but yeah but now Fun. but but now how how old are you now i mean i mean you just gotten out of juniors which means you must be like in aged 18 something like that yeah 
Yeah, I'm 18 now. Just turned 18. Just turned 18. And uh, as, and as a matter of fact, a, a big event happened for you within the last few days when we turned 18. And, I will te- and, and I'm teasing that right now because we'll mention that a little bit later. But you skied your first Nationals Oak Lealy Park at uh, just just beyond the turn of uh, of the millennium. Uh, do you remember how you did in those nationals at all? Were uh, were, were you at all nervous or uh, that that kind of thing? You know, because obviously skiing the regional uh, events uh, is uh, is one thing over in uh, over on the west coast, but then traveling three thousand miles across country to ski in your first nationals that must have been a a bit daunting for you, I would imagine. Yeah, no, for sure. It was cool. Honestly, just seeing all the lakes um, lined up, the good weather. We had all our friends there. So I wouldn't say I was super nervous, but it was definitely an experience that I just haven't had before. So it was a good eye opener. And I, I don't remember exactly how I did, but I definitely wasn't jumping at that age. It was just yeah, a slalom and trick. Of course, in boys one, I mean, it's I mean, that's always the case. I mean, back in those days, I mean, it's boys one, right, boys right. two, boys three. Now it's like five sections of juniors right now to cater to every every two years from about i don't know where it starts age-wise but anyway that's beside that's beside the point so beyond the nationals obviously obviously you you had you had a you had a talent uh, for for tournament water skiing now do you do you remember the the first time or one of the first times that you represented your country in junior competitions because I don't think it was the Junior Worlds. I don't think uh, not at, not in your early stages. Probably one of those Can Am tournaments, right? Yeah. So I think it was Pan Ams. I was thirteen, and we were in uh, Guadalajara, Mexico, at Lake Chapala, and then or it was Can Ams in Canada. I forget, but I think I think it was Mexico first. Okay. So uh, and and that's obviously been uh, been been a frequent stomping ground for you at least at least. Uh, least by the way of checking your facebook profile anyway because one of you yeah a couple months we were there it was fun <laughs> yeah I, and and it's, it's it's just it's just just one of those very 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 cool places uh to go to especially within uh chapala town and been there myself uh, right. for the uh for, for the pan-american uh uh championships were for for one season so uh what did it feel like actually putting on that USA team uh, uh, tracksuit? You know, represent your country for the first time and uh, be be a part of being a part of that setup going forward. That was incredible. I'm so used to like just going out and skiing, and then if I'm you know bummed or happy with it, I can kind of like be okay with it. But I'm like, hey, I'm representing a team now. I have people behind me, and uh, it was super super cool moment, and I'll definitely remember it for a while. Okie dokie. So, uh, so, so moving forward, moving forward beyond that, you got your taste of international competition, you know, and let, let's try and fast forward that. Let's try and bring it together a little bit. You know, you've, I mean, you've skied in the U S junior open a few times now and let, let's rewind now to last season, 2021, uh, the, uh, the junior worlds, which was supposed to happen the year before, but it's bit, but, uh, but got brought, uh, 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 to 2021. Uh, how did you feel that tournament went, uh, went for you? Because I mean, you were toe to toe with Martin Labra pretty much all the way, uh, for, uh f- through to the end. So, so what was your assessment of uh, that junior worlds over in uh, Santa Rosa beach? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. First of all, just all our friends there. Um, I try to keep it super light when I go into a set, no matter where it is, how it is. It was cool kind of skiing in my backyard as well. Um, the goal was definitely to win overall. Um, I actually had that goal a year before, so 
I was pretty bummed, you know, um, coming up short of that, but also really, really proud at the same time. I didn't crash and trick, jumped pretty well, and then um, tied for first in slalom and went into a runoff. So I thought that was really cool. Silver at Worlds in slalom when I'm a three eventer, I, I was honestly really proud of myself. I did, definitely didn't see that coming either. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't think an awful lot of people uh, saw that saw that slalom runoff uh, uh, materialize either. You and uh, uh, Frederica, right? Yeah, that's correct. Me and Fred, that was that was a lot of fun. Oh, I mean, what I mean, kind kind of give us a sense of what that was like on the starting dock. You know, I mean, you've gotten through your set. You know, you uh, you you tied you uh, Frederica, I believe he was one of the last off the dock. He tied he tied your score, I think, or I think it might have been the other way round, but uh, not important. But I mean. To, to me, to, one of the things that kind of really struck me about the Junior Worlds and the Colombians uh, in, in particular is their real happy-go-lucky lucky attitude. And I don't know... I mean, it, it's great. It's great for them because they all, always ski nice and loose, you know, and they're, and they're able to perform, you know, right along as they do in practice. But... Isn't something that like that a little off put in for for those teams and maybe a skier like yourself that prefers the more traditional way of preparing before uh, before you hit the water? Yeah, no, for sure. Fed's a good friend. Same with uh, Louisa, and I love you know messing around with them before I ski. But yeah, a couple minutes before my ride, I definitely get focused, get in the zone, and that runoff, I was <laughs> I was pretty pretty stressed for it but um i felt really good at the same time so it was 100 attack mode and yeah i came up short but it was it was a really cool experience always a good experience to ski in those events and i mean i uh, i don't know if you know this but i actually skied in the very first world junior championships uh, really all, all the, that's all awesome the, all the way back in in the in the late 80s it wasn't that fun trust me i mean uh not not as far as i record i mean i i, I I tricked horribly. I didn't uh, fell first trick both passes. I think I fell second pass on slalom, and uh, oh, my jumping! Don't even ask. But anyway, it, it, it was. Yeah. It, I mean, I mean, I worked hard to get to those championships, and they're just absolutely just. It, it just it just didn't go go well for me. But for for you on for you on the other hand, uh, it it just looks looks also incredibly easy but oh thank you you know but under the surface i mean what what what's what's going on there i mean because you alluded to the fact that you needed to focus before you go out but you know is what the is is the outside masking what's truly going on on the inside yeah no i i try to keep it loose as i said keep it fun and i worked really really hard um this past season and honestly most of my ski career on a, for that moment. So I tried to just be like, Hey, you know, whatever happens, happens. I've worked hard. I feel honestly more prepared than anyone here. And I, I really just try to keep that mentality and kind of just thankful for the opportunity to ski um, kind of in my backyard. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Now, obviously before the junior worlds, almost immediately before the junior worlds was the U S nationals. So, so obviously you kind of jump from one frying pan and into the, in, into the fire, so to speak, as soon as you get done with the junior event, you're hopping on a flight straight to Santa Rosa beach. So, I, I mean, how, how did you, how did you uh, manage to cope with that, with that uh, time crunch situation? Yeah, no, for sure. It was, it was probably the longest year ever. It started with the LCQs, Masters, Regionals, and then, yeah, yeah, as you said, Nationals. 
I had taken a really, really bad jump crash actually the week before nationals. So like in my head, I was really nervous. Um, I showed up, I hadn't really even taken a real jump since at nationals and super windy, kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, slalom went well. I, I slalom really good against my buddy Carter Reese. Uh, I got second place. He skied incredible as well. Uh, I, trick, I tricked okay. I was happy to win that. And then jump, man, I was probably the most nervous I've ever been for a ride just because I didn't want to crash because I felt that the week before. And luckily I got a good jump and I ended up getting the title. Yeah, you weren't the only one that crashed there at the Nationals. I think you probably know the the person to who I'm referring to. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy watching that before. Yeah, Will, Will Blair coming off the wakes and just getting pulled up to the psycho and then, then just, ooh. One of yeah, the... what a guy. He's awesome, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he actually tried to take a third jump, and that one didn't actually work out too well for him, but hopefully he's recovered since then, and we look forward to seeing him next season. But Most definitely. Yeah, but 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 yeah, I mean, you've gotten through that, the Junior Worlds, and then almost immediately afterwards were the U21 Worlds, which is a different kettle of fish because you're obviously going to be, you're obviously, this is going to be pretty much the taste of what you're, what you're going to be expecting uh, typically for the next, for the next maybe two to three, maybe four years, because I think you've got at least two more uh, U21 Worlds of eligibility, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, it was my first year U21, so I was really happy to be on the team, you know, representing the U.S. again. And <laughs> yeah, back-to-back weeks, it was pretty wild. All right, then. Oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, almost almost completely forgot about the fact you, you mentioned that you crashed it, that, that you took, took a pretty big spill, and I think you said it was in the Nationals. That was that was your only only crash of, of note all season long, so obviously that must have been weighing on your mind going into these championships, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was, you know, I've had a little spills jumping out the back, but this was definitely the first like wake up call. Like my face hit the ramp before my skis. I had my buddies in the boat and they were freaking out. I was freaking out, but I, I walked away from it. Um, had flight school right after I went to flight school. Um, and I told the guy, I'm like, hey, I don't feel good, but let's let's keep going. And then actually ended up skiing that same day. So, but very sore the next day. Next day could not move anything. But a week later, we were we were jumping again. All right, then continuing along, and I'm sure one or two uh, folks listening to this said, said, "Did he say flight school?" Yeah, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, absolutely right. He said flight school. Uh, tell us a little bit about that because I mean, you've been you've been spending uh, the last uh, last few years uh, uh, prepping not only to get your private pilot's license but also to get the next step up, which is the instrument rating, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So when COVID hit, I had a lot more time on my hands with school online. I was still skiing a ton, but I was like, hey, I've always liked flying. This is a good opportunity maybe to get into that. Found a local flight school and kind of fell in love with it. And then got my license um, January of 2021. And then, yeah, just got instrument rated uh, a couple months ago now instrument rated. And uh, that that means that you can fly pretty much in all in, in all types of weather, huh? Yeah, quite a bit of weather. We still try to avoid, you know, most of it. But yeah, through the clouds, low visibility, all that. It's a piece of cake with this rating for sure. Yeah, that must be an experience of flying over in the Golden State because, I mean, obviously with the wildfires and stuff, I mean, they, they, I mean, when when the forests go off and uh, you know when the the smoke billows up, you know, I mean it's, I mean, I mean it clouds up the sky quite considerably, and it can be seen for miles and miles. I mean, you've ha- you've obviously had that experience, right? 
Yeah, I have actually. We were flying my grandpa up to Aurora, Oregon, and um, I had my corporate pilot buddy with me. He was in the left seat. He was pilot in command, and we just we were going right through the smoke from these fires. And it was four o'clock, and it was completely pitch black and it was really scary to be honest as like a student pilot watching this and he's like hey we're fine but we had like little we had dust or well, not dust but um pieces of like flames like in the cabin what and yeah it, it was pretty it was pretty wild but you know landed safely it was totally fine and yeah ash ash was in the cabin from the fire and yeah it, it was pretty crazy experience they grounded the entire continent in europe several years ago because iceland blew one of Iceland's volcanoes blew up with all of that ash, you know, and and so so you basically telling me that you're you've yeah. been you've been up in in conditions that almost mirrored those to a certain extent. I guess so. Yeah, I've I've heard those volcanoes are pretty pretty bad for planes, but yeah, we we got through it just fine. Yeah, I mean that's probably that's probably the main advantage of flying a prop uh, compared to a a, a, a jet, I, I guess. But anyway. Yeah, I uh, guess so. All right then. So um, we'll we'll touch back a little bit on the whole flight school in just a moment, you know, because I mean, you you sound like someone that uh, that had that just is is a real go getter, you know. I mean, you you're skiing, you're flying, you you you're, you're in school, you're a senior, your GPA is pretty high. I take it. Uh, I mean, in order to do flight school, I mean, you have to be uh, pretty uh, pretty smart up top, I guess try my best i, I don't know <laughs> all right so so you you've gotten through all of that and uh and now i mean you've gotten through the junior worlds you've gotten through u21s and now and and then you had to wait for your first appearance in the elite world championships because you you got a chance to ski in that uh, too because of the uh, the wild cards of um, meant meant that skiers that wouldn't ordinarily be able to ski had a chance to to ski in the, in this one, right? Yeah, no, that's correct. I, I was super happy to go to Junior Worlds, but it was cool to go to all three worlds in the same year, within a couple months. It, it was an incredible experience. What was that experience like for you, walking with uh, with the likes of of Regina Jaquis and uh, and Brooke Baldwin and all and all of those uh, cats, you know, Elizabeth Montavon and though. Or walking walking their way towards the uh, the opening ceremony in downtown Groveland, uh, that must have been surreal to you, uh, uh, ba based upon your experiences prior to that. Yeah, no, I, it was really cool. In the parade, I was next to Erica and Nate Smith, so it was cool, like just being around incredible skiers. I remember Steve Garcia in practice saying, "Hey, uh, you're gonna jump after uh, Freddie and Scott." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> and it was just cool, you know, going up. I, I know Freddie, I know Scott, and. I feel like really cool, but it was just, you know, always an honor to ski with them around them and they're giving me some advice. And I just thought it was a really cool, cool jump set for sure. I bet it, I, I bet it was, I mean, you must've been in hog heaven, you know, I mean, with, with, with the, with those guys ahead of you jumping, you know, um, they're, they're, I mean, they're probably closer to, uh, to, to retiring than, uh, than you obviously, but I mean, I mean, what what did what were your main takeaways from that event? Because because of it, I mean, obviously you're still you you still skied in the U17 your last year of eligibility. You still got plenty more in U21s, you know. So a lot uh, so a lot to go for there. But this being your world championship, uh, was it kind of like a taster, or did you have any real, uh, real realistic expectations of taking something away uh, tangible from these championships? 
Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't really nervous for it. Going into the season at the beginning, my goal was to, you know, win Masters, which I was able to do, and then Worlds. I wasn't able to do that, but um, I, I was honestly like, this is just bonus to be able to ski with great people in Florida. And yeah, I, I was nervous, but I definitely wasn't as nervous as, say, you know, the U17 finals for the gold, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. And almost, yeah. And completely, completely brushed over the fact that you, that you, uh, that you went, gotten through masters. How was that deal at Callaway Gardens at the beginning of the season? Because every, 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 almost everyone that I know of in the pro skiing ranks tends to focus on that particular tournament right at the beginning of the season to really, to really peak, you know? So uh, was that the same deal for you as well? Yeah, for sure. It was, you know, pretty stressful with all the LCQs going on, but I was able to, you know, get my spot in the overall division. So all three, and I, I was really happy. My goal was just to get into the tournament. So I was really, really happy and honestly shocked that I got the the overall title and definitely the best moment of my skiing career yet. Well, very good. And obviously big, big, big ups and congratulations to you. On thank you. That. Thank you. So, so, uh, senior in high school, obviously, obviously you're slammed with the books and stuff like that. You just got in your peep, you just got in your, instrument rating just uh what was it like a couple of days ago now i get i, I guess uh it's a couple of months ago in oh, a couple november of months. yeah so okay so yeah, that, was, that was fun all right so so what what's on the on the immediate immediate horizon uh is there is is there anything you want to highlight going forward i mean i mean obviously you're you'll be you're, you're training for next season but uh what else does blaze grubs fill fills his time with yeah, you know, school, hanging out with friends, I think is really obviously important. Uh, you know, finding a balance between skiing and something else. Luckily, uh, basketball is that for me. So it's been a lot of fun to be in a different competitive sport, but, um, you know, still skiing a ton. Uh, definitely a lot of big goals for next year as well, uh, skiing towards that, but definitely not as much pressure next year, just not, not with all the big tournaments. So I can kind of just go out there and, um, you know, send big trick runs, go for it all in slalom and, you know, try to make my jumping better without all the pressure on my shoulders. I'd say. Yeah, and uh, try and a uh, little less crashing. Although we do have to say that you've been, <laughs> that you've been yeah. consistently avoiding those, save for that one one at uh, uh, nationals uh, this this past season. Uh, obviously, wouldn't be, we would be remiss if we didn't mention your main supporting uh, crew, which uh, which involves your uh, your, your parents. Uh, I mean, I mean, without, without their, their help and support, you know, and a whole number of different levels, you couldn't, couldn't really hope to achieve what you've achieved so far pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're a hundred percent correct. They've done honestly everything for me, gotten to me, gotten uh, me where I am and super, super supportive. So I'm really, really thankful for that. My dad, you know, he skis honestly more than me when it comes to slalom. So it's cool being able to ski with him almost every day. Do you do you have any uh, like head to head battles between him uh, ju just uh, just for practice? Uh, every once in a while, we get pretty competitive with each other, but no, not so much. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, does he make you start at thirty five off, and he starts at thirty two? No, we we usually don't go head to head, but we have our you know ball of spray tournament, and uh, I'm still waiting to get matched up with him in the runoff because you know <laughs> it's definitely going to go down, and I'm excited. There you go. That's that. That's a that. That's a big old challenge to throw down. Uh, 
another thing I've got to mention because I mean, uh, I mean, between you and your parents, uh, you've become uh, synonymous with a uh, with with a coffee brand that seems to be uh, making the rounds in the in the Golden State and a little bit beyond. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Dutch Bros Coffee. Uh, we're a drive-through coffee. Uh, company. Uh, my parents are franchisees here in Sacramento and um, headquarters actually, they just went public. So we're going to see them popping up everywhere. I think they have a few uh, shops coming up in actually Orlando as far as Orlando pretty soon. So yeah, it, it's going to be making its rounds. Any any chance of seeing one or two of those in Baton Rouge or New Orleans? Oh, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> no clue, but they definitely, you know, like the warm states. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're there within a few years. All right, then. So uh, as as we round off uh, this podcast, uh, uh, I'll give you a chance uh, to, 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 to thank those other than your parents in just a moment. But uh, going going forwards, do you have any specific tangible goals that you want to attain uh, when uh, when the skiing season starts all the way through uh, to, to the end of, uh, of, of the year 2022? Yeah, um, I definitely want to run my first 39 in a record tournament. I've been doing it a lot in practice, which, you know, practice is one thing. Tournaments, I've gotten four so many times. So definitely want to run 39. Um, for trick, I, I I don't know. I think I want to trick 10,000 or more and then jump, just have another safe year and see how far I can go. All right then. So, uh, so th- those are some uh, some pr- some pretty good goals, some uh, realistic goals, I would say. Uh, uh, Thank keep, you. Keeping keeping your feet on the ground in that, uh, even even though you're piloting a light aircraft uh, for a good portion uh-huh. of your time uh, uh, yeah. uh, as well. So, thank you very much, uh, there, Blaze Grubs. Uh, any any shout outs, any thanks that you want to give uh, to uh, uh, to the good folks out there. Yeah, shout out to my parents, of course, Ryan Nason. You know, he's the one that skis with me all the time, as well as Ryan Hinkle. Uh, who else? Camilo. Camilo's the man. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right, then. And obviously, uh, obviously, your skis as well. When another oh, yeah, of course. Well D3 sports. skis. Will Bush, D3 skis, of course. They, they have the best skis out there, in my opinion. And yeah, Terry Winter. Excellent stuff. And uh, that was Blaze Grubbs. I've been Tony Lightfoot. This has been the latest edition of the TWBC podcast. And until next time, it is ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.